0: Located at the confluence of the White Nile and the Blue Nile, is a land known for its hot desert climates, glass manufacturing, and the Souk al-Arabi, a large open-air market spread over several blocks. Also home to the largest airport in Sudan and the National Museum of Sudan, it's also the location of one of the oldest botanical gardens in Africa. Though the derivation of its name has been lost to time, some think It is Arabic for trunk or hose and refers to a place where rivers meet. This land, the capital of Sudan, also known as Khartoum, and that's the geographical location of the Doom Room of Alex.
1: Another great rhyme, I presume. Boom, boom, we're in the Doom Room. I'm Justin.
0: And we are going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 4, Episode 8, Fame Patrol, if you haven't watched it. On Max, formerly HBO Max. Definitely go check it out because we're going to spoil yeah. it. But in this episode, the Doom Patrol has lost their immortality. They have raised a mortis who turns out to be Isabel Feathers. If you missed what that was in the last episode, she is a former acting rival of Rita's who fell through a time portal caused by Madame Rouge and somehow became this all-powerful being called Immortus. In this episode, we're back to Cloverton and focusing on Isabel Feathers and her return, which everybody's excited about, while the Doom Patrol is grappling with what they did and the fact that they're getting older. We're also working Casey, Space Case, into the mix, as well as the return of Dorothy. So there's a bunch of stuff going on here. Justin, I want to throw it over to you. I have a question for you here, because last Mm. episode you felt like They should have ended the first part with the last episode and potentially started with this episode. Now that we've seen this episode, how are you feeling about that? How are you feeling about getting back into Doom Patrol potentially this way?
1: I feel like they definitely could have uh, done that, it, but even made me more so, I feel like the end of this episode feels like such a cliffhanger and such a like, oh, the team's actually maybe going to get it together and boom, Immortus mm-hmm. blows up all of Cloverton. So it's hard to say. It may be that every episode of Doom Patrol is sort of like this, yeah. but... I do think having everyone together feels like a more natural starting point and them, you know, struggling with aging and all of that. It feels like everything feels a little more locked in in this episode.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So you like this one better than the last one?
1: Uh, yes, I do. Like, I like it's. It feels like we're back into Doom Patrol weirdness, the world of what stuff I thought was really fun. The fact that we get a real clear idea, like, Isabel is is Isabel like self-obsessed he wants to be famous but at the same time she's also a mortis, all-powerful being. I don't know what the ramifications of that are. I get, we're still gonna find that out. but I also just like that everyone is making steps to like take ownership of their position their current position and sort of like let's go. Let's go do mm-hmm. something fun. We only have so much left in our lives a theme that I think we can all get down with. Uh, let's go to let's go do a parade.
0: I I like this a little less. I think I'm taking the opposite tact. Mm. Uh, maybe we want different things out of Doom Patrol because I like the last episode a little better than you did. This one didn't seem quite as funny to me, and I actually felt like yes. I lost track of the team a little bit in all the focus on Isabel Feather's Amortis, a character that I don't really care about as a villain yet. You know, like she was a bit character back in her acting days. I need to be sold on her as a legitimate threat at this point. I do like the idea. Like I like the visual of her getting angry and then resetting the timeline. I also really like the idea that only Madame Rouge seems to know that it's going on. And she's like, what? What is happening? Yeah, um, very much. It. It's sort
1: of like this is this is annoying is which the way she sort of treats it and mm-hmm. hasn't been really going at it until, I guess, the end of the confrontation at the end of the episode. Uh, but, I mean, I guess I, I like that it just was a little more clear what was happening. And, no offense to Derek, but it was very – it was funny <laughs> to me that he literally calls an Uber and is like, Goodbye from this show, guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, which I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. He is just leaving now. When last episode, he felt like almost the main character. Yeah. So I feel like we are just getting back to what the show is by making That
0: sense. Derek thing was really funny, too, because I know we were talking the last episode about, ooh, are they setting up Derek to be the new Cyborg? And in fact, this episode, he literally tells Vic, maybe you do need to be Cyborg, but a different sort of Cyborg. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was All like, right. are you the plot? Are you <laughs> Dr. Plot? Or the the writer's room made real in the show? Because that's definitely what it felt like. I'm glad that we have moved past that. That storyline always felt a little awkward to me and didn't mm-hmm. never quite came together. I feel like Vic can now move forward without this like sort of a relationship that is unclear getting in the way.
0: Yeah. I'm curious to see how it pans out because again, spoilers here. We talked about this in the last episode, but the promo shows off that he is going to be back in the cyborg suit. So I wonder if it's going to be removable, potentially like things like (laughs) make sense that he puts on like clothes. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, like I I keep
1: Mm telling, like I keep telling you to start wearing. When Listen, we podcast. I'm more
0: comfortable I'm more comfortable taping in the nude it is better yep. for my voice I have explained this so many times
1: you have exp- you've said it I don't think you've explained it but <laughs> I, I I'll take you as your word you don't want any like cloth getting in the way between you and your microphone but mm-hmm. uh, I could hear you just fine without with clothes on
0: no, I think they buffle it too much. Why don't we talk about Larry, a character that we were kind of bubbed was lying on a rock all of last episode? Here he almost has a plot line, so that's nice.
1: He's laying down with um a friend and perhaps yeah. like a love. So yeah. I do like that a little bit better. Again, well, I, I just
0: heroes. Back again.
1: Back again. I do like the idea that that everyone's taking some steps and Larry's taking some steps, some steps we've seen him take before, then immediately step back from. At least now he's back taking the steps, all building toward the scene where the and the parade where they say what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And you can just see those very like the little bit of progress where he sees the particles of um his buddy and then pull him, pulls him back, which I thought was cool and very, like, Doctor Who sort of way, like mm-hmm. the science isn't make a ton of sense
0: here. <laughs> yeah, it was I, I was wrestling a little bit with ah, is this a doom patrol who cares thing or not? I, I think I think it's right on the edge there, to be honest, where him showing up and being like, It's me, I'm a cloud now, pull me out of that cloud, and then this problem is solved by him reaching into the cloud and pulling him out. Um It's very quickly solved, and it's very quickly introduced as well, which I think was part of my issue there. But at the same time, like you're saying, I think – we've watched this show enough that the idea of Larry taking off his bandages and touching another human being, that means something, and it has some some feeling has to well up in you while you're watching that. And Rama giving him a hug and holding him after that was also very sweet and nice. So I look forward to potentially seeing how this relationship continues as we go forward.
1: Yeah, agreed. Though he wasn't at the – Rama wasn't at the parade, right? No, I don't think so. Which I thought that was a little weird, right? Yeah,
0: come to the parade, man. Go to the parade. You're going to miss the parade. Everybody loves a parade.
1: If you know someone in a parade, you go stand and watch the parade. 100%. Give him a wave.
0: Let's talk about Casey and Jane a little bit, because that, to me, felt like almost the bulkiest plot line in the entire episode, I think, or at least the one that they spent the most time on, I assume, because Casey is new to the gang and figuring out her place there. And they're really grating against each other as Jane is once again dealing with like internal underground stuff. What's your take on what's going on with her and them?
1: Well, it was an interesting match uh, because we had some stuff with Dorothy and Casey early on where she's like, hey, uh, these are my friends. I have to help them. And Casey's like, I'll help. And it just feels like happenstance that the first person she tries to help is Jane, who will like help the least, perhaps Mm -hmm. of all people who have ever existed on Earth. She doesn't want help. And, you know, she cleans up her puzzle pieces. That's annoying. Like when you come home and someone's cleaned your room in a way where you're like, I appreciate it, but that is not where I put those puzzle pieces. Um, and then they get a nice apology. They just feel like they're the most opposite. So it maybe made sense to slam them together in this episode, but it also may have been like, well, these two are left out. What do, how should we, I guess they should interact with each other.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's also just for them grading against each other, right? Like you said, yeah. they should not be together and Casey making absolutely the wrong decision. That's classic Doom patrol. It did remind me that Jade has this puzzles, a detail that I'd completely forgotten about. So, yeah. And she's in
1: uh, the last season, she was like she can't solve them. There's she's desperately yeah. trying to solve them. I like Casey was like I organize them by color and then they cut to it and it's like they're all gray. Yeah, that's <laughs> a like, good joke. <laughs> that's hard. That's a hard task.
0: That is a hard task. I I want them to get to it with the puzzle. I feel like that's something that's going to be left to the last episode probably, but we know what it is. She has to put together the puzzle pieces of who she is and her mind and herself. So just like, let's get to it already. Let's just do it. You know?
1: Yeah. That's the, and there's the, the the trauma element there. And uh, you know, and the underground mystery is like, she's completely lost it now. She's not, she can't get to it. So that's a whole nother factor. I, I, I have a feeling like you're saying it will be, Put the puzzle together and you can access the underground again because you've completed your
0: sort of identity. Totally. Um, what else? Other characters on the show, how about Cliff? Cliff realizes he lost the butt from the fridge. That seems to be his big plot line for the episode. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, and he's oh, struggling with his mortality in a big way. Yes, the I guess as well. The scene where – I mean, the butt is – a loss of butt is
0: a problem. Mm-hmm.
1: The butt a loss. loss
0: of butt is a terrible thing. Indeed.
1: But the the thing where the scene where because it was great to see Dorothy and Cliff together again, love their relationship. There where he's hey she's like hey you want to try Niles's wheelchair? I was like Dorothy, come on, you're better than this. You know this is not a good. No <laughs> one's gonna be like sick. The my complicated boss father's old wheelchair uh, it is a strange move, but I I like that it got Cliff to actually be a little bit better than he was in last episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, Who else? I'm sure there's other characters on the show. We mentioned Dorothy a little bit. Uh, It's nice having her back in the mix again. She's a great character. Um, What else? I always feel like I'm forgetting one person. Well, what about Rita? Oh, yeah. What about Rita? (laughs) Uh,
1: She's aging the most. It's interesting to me that everyone's aging at at different rates, oddly. Rita definitely, from the jump, is like full gray gray lady
0: well i assume the idea there is actual age right because she's the oldest so she's the oldest so she's getting the oldest the quickest she also if i remember correctly lost her immortality first so she has a little more time there to age um so yeah it does i mean we can't see it on negative bad we can't see it on robot bad but we can see it on rita and we can see it on jane so it's clear there um also, I will say, I think they're doing a good job with the old age makeup. Like, it could yeah. look pretty bad, and this does not.
1: I agree. I like the way they're doing it. And I like that, you know, Rita's performance is also changing a little bit, and she feels like she is acting a little bit older as well. The... The way, it's hard, she, in the, in relation to Isabel, it feels like she's just sort of still antagonizing her. Mm-hmm. And we get that cool moment where they're back on World of What and Immortus Isabel says, stop your friend from talking to me this way or else I will destroy everything. And then uh, Madame Rouge and Vic sit on the couch very awkwardly and they try to like make it more normal. Uh, but so the Rita, Rita feels like she's going to be the first Person to sort of go at Immortus Because of their
0: mm-hmm. past Well let's let's talk a little further about that I know we already talked about Isabel Feathers Immortus but What do you think the idea here is With her as Whether they met her or not The final boss Like, What is the thing that Immortus Contrasts with the Doom Patrol on
1: Well I feel like this show has always been Like hey don't forget The small things that you've done Because they can come back to haunt you like, mm-hmm. I feel like we've always gotten, like, little teeny characters that we see a little of end up having big ramifications. And this feels like the ultimate version of that, where, like, this was a character that was killed or tossed into time absolutely by accident, just a haphazard death. And she comes back as their greatest challenge and, you know, still has that same, like, I don't care about any of this, I'll ruin this. And just, you know, blows up the... Uh, the fantasy, the Wizard of Oz world, uh, uh, Orquith, and then now blows up Cloverton at the end of this episode. So definitely seems like she is fully just disassembling everything that's been set up with the Doom Patrol, making her mm-hmm. the ultimate villain coming from the smallest possible place.
0: That's interesting. I do wonder if we'll travel around to different locations they've been in and she keeps increasingly destroying them. Uh, that would be a nice way of kind of revisiting old stuff and wrapping things up. Um, I'll also throw out there, I was just thinking about this while you were talking, but the two things that might be specific to the Doom Patrol about better powers, one, they're always trying to fix things and always making it worse, but uh, often emotionally moving forward and mentally moving forward, like by fits and starts, like we talk about here a lot on the podcast. Um, versus Isabel, who gets angry and just reverses time and fixes it. So she's looking yeah. for that quick fix. So maybe that's a direct contrast with the Doom Patrol.
1: Oh, that's a good. Quick call. fixes
0: never work. The other one is whenever they lose control, something terrible happens, like Rita blobs out and kills somebody. So again, that might be the Immortus getting angry and screaming and blowing things up thing. Is that taken to extreme? So I don't know. I wonder if we'll see that come out in some way in conversation, potentially.
1: Yeah. I like that the Doom Patrol never like tries to do quick fixes. They just either fail completely or do very slow steps forward and then steps back. So a quick fix villain is sort of just a totally new idea for them. So that's uh, that's really cool. Oh, I
0: was right, going right. to say,
1: yeah. I feel like Madame Rouge, they're all aging. Madame Rouge, the way that she's being dressed and her hair and makeup, feels like she looks younger. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a, just a purposeful aesthetic choice or if there is an underlying plot choice there as well.
0: I I would venture an aesthetic choice just to differentiate her from the rest of the team, so we don't forget she's not aging. Everybody else is aging. Well, and
1: cyborg's not aging either, right?
0: Uh, That's true. Yeah, also not
1: true. But but I I asked that because I was thinking, watching the episode, I was like, well, he's different from them a little bit because he's a a superhero, and he does ask a question like, "Wait, you're aging?" (laughs) As if he doesn't know about it. So I don't know. It, It is interesting that it's it. He's not on the same in the same place as the rest of them. Yet he's. Still, you know, there are only three members of the Doom Patrol currently, mm-hmm. Rita, Madame Rouge, and, and Vic, yep. a powerless Vic.
0: I'm I'm very curious to see how this all comes together with uh, – I had mentioned this last episode too, but just with the Immortus stuff, the butts, and everything else that we need to wrap up at these final few episodes. Because at this point, there's four more to go, uh, which is not, yeah. not a lot of real estate to wrap up all this stuff unless – no. We're gonna go for the absolute anarchy ending, which is probably what's gonna happen because it's Doom Patrol. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Any other? other yeah,
1: yeah. A ahead. couple. Are we gonna see Niles again? We saw hmm. him in the um, previously on uh, Niles' ghost, and I think it would be nice to see him sort of nodding at the end, maybe like Darth Vader at the end of Jedi, just like <laughs> just like,
0: in the crowds, like Lion King Mufasa. Something.
1: I think we need to see him again uh, before the end of the show. I
0: I hope so. I mean, I think that gets to what you were talking about last episode of, like, how much of a heads up do they have that this was going to be ending? Did they really try to, like, wrap up all of the threads? Or are they just wrapping up the season? And I guess we'll have to see.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, like like we said, maybe they'll just going to – the end of the season was going to be them going back through a lot of their stuff. Doom Patrol has always been very reflexive and everything mm-hmm. folds in on itself a bit. So if they were going to do that anyway, it's nice that they can just maybe pivot that to a real series wrap up. A couple of things I like the world of what I thought was cool. Like I said, the body has found has been found alive with that <laughs> sort of very strange, real feeling mm-hmm. person host. I like Larry calling out the comic book bullshit of it all um, mm-hmm. and how he hates it. and Just wants to enjoy his life. I was like, shouts, dude. Yeah, Same. Same And speaking of same How about Cliff Fucking aging Fuck you Hear you man Agree Hard yeah, agree
0: 100% um,
1: Yeah go ahead a, a couple more I love uh, Claire Dallaire The Cloverton mayor <laughs> That was such
0: a <laughs> That oh, was like, really funny All, all right <laughs> Yeah they gotta They gotta make that a law Every mayor's name Should rhyme Yeah
1: uh, That's a great call That would really limit The pool Of mm. people who could run
0: Mayor Titty Of New York City <laughs>
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. (laughs) Hi, I'm Dave Titty and I'd like to be your mayor. Uh, I like Jane saying no karate in the house um, on the back end of her Power Rangers reference line. Mm -hmm. Very fun. I love how excited Rita was when she saw the lump float uh, (laughs) up in the sky. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, And then, of course, Isabel, I'm not evil. I'm famous. Truth. Truth.
0: Yeah again I hear you Why don't we talk about who is most doomed this episode Justin who do you think was most doomed
1: Well you know we've already We're establishing Immortus slash Isabel as the big bad But this episode just showed her absolute flaws And inability to do almost anything without blowing it up So I think she has presented herself as the most doomed At the same time as everyone else is slowly getting better
0: Yeah. I'm going to throw out there Jane this episode just because she's getting those Mm -hmm. headaches. She's dealing with underground stuff again. She's clashing with Casey. Um, Things seem pretty bad for her. And once again, we kind of kind of literally dig down deep and find out why so i'm curious what we're going to get with jane that is different than the the umpteen other times we've got we're like oops there's trouble in the underground with the other personalities so what's the riff here what is going to happen is there going to be some closure so
1: will we get to hammerhead if i can channel pete lepage oh yeah
0: gosh i hope so hammerhead's great If you'd like to support this podcast at all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Duke Patrol, Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live on TikTok or Instagram, comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more. And now once again, Uh, We don't have Pete here for a Pete of advice from Pete LePage. Justin, do we have a Justin of advice from Justin LaTiler?
1: Uh, Nice, good. Um, I would say, like, don't vote for Dave Titty. He's no good for this city. If you want a real mayor, (laughs) vote for Harry Shitty, (laughs) the future mayor
0: of New York City. He's the one that I pity. Good night, everybody. (laughs)